0: Which NFC East running back makes for a great value for the very first time in his career? Is the Broncos' backfield more of a battle than fantasy drafters think? And which NFC North rusher makes for a good target on your zero RB squads? Plus, Josh Durham, a four-time FFPC dynasty and redraft champ, joins us to talk about Travis Etienne's ADP rise, whether Greg Dulcich is going to be the tight end to have in Denver, his strategy in his debut in the 2022 FFPC Pros versus Joes competition next month, and much more. We've got a great show for you. Farrell Elliott is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around, your high stakes fantasy football hour starts now. And the
1: pressure, I've seen
2: Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now watching the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. Welcome to the high stakes fantasy football hour presented by myffpc.com with your hosts Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. The high-stakes fantasy football hour is your home for analysis from the best players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Volkman and Farrell Elliott. Solace in the
1: scripture, are we not all our father's sons? I became a man, nobody ever
0: saw me man was. Thank you, Rob. Greetings and salutations, all you Bulkaholics and for X. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I am, of course, your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman. My co-host is indeed the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, Farrell Elliott. Coming up on tonight's show, we're going to talk about Chiefs receivers not named Sky Moore, Whether one AFC West rookie is being severely underdrafted right now. And Josh Durham, a four-time FFPC Dynasty and Redraft champ, will hop aboard the broadcast to break down the Falcons' backfield, Tyreek Hill's current ADP, and much more. If you want to connect with us on Twitter, we are at Power. I am at Eric Balkman. And check out Farrell's Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship, which gets the bulky stamp of approval, at KFFSC.com. You can post on our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash And you can also email us at the inbox highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com. If you have any questions for us, now is the time to send them. We'll try to get to all the chat room questions, tweets, and emails in our fantasy feedback segment later on in the show. Thanks to our audio engineer and my best friend, Bryce, and our mutual friend and producer, Rob couple of things that I want to bring to your attention before we get started tonight on the show. The Football Guys early bird promo that is running out 13 days left. Remember, if you register by the end of the month and draft by July 15th, you're going to get a free $35 FFPC team credit applied to your account. You can get that up to three times as well. The 2022 FFPC best ball tournament continues to fill drafts each day. The grand prize and prize pool has been doubled for this year. 125 bucks could get you $200,000. The inaugural Superflex best ball tournament has also been pretty popular with the FFPC drafters. Again, $35 there can get you a $10,000 grand prize. Dynasty startups keep rolling on. We got plenty of them this weekend and we'll have some more throughout the summer. Uh, And then plenty of slow, live, and sit and go best ball options all at myffpc.com. The Run to Daylight Championship. And the Draft Masters open at KFFSC.com. And with that, I will bring in the Commissioner of Fantasy Football, the Definitive Commissioner of Fantasy Football, Farrell Elliott. Farrell, tonight we have a guest on in Josh Durham, who is not only a successful fantasy football player, the dude played college football as well. Now, I don't know much about his college football career. And I was talking to Bryce, my best friend uh, today, and I said, yeah, this is the first time we had a college football player ever on the show. And then he said, are you sure about that? And I totally forgot. We've had Sharkhandrick West on several years ago, who played for the Chiefs for five years, um, actually retired the year before they won the Super Bowl. And, um, and that was the last time we had a college football player on. I hope we bring some luck to Josh Durham tonight, maybe with him winning a million bucks in the FFPC main event or $500,000 in the Football Guys Playoff Championship. More than anything, I hope he brings you and I luck as we try to crush our fantasy leagues this year.
1: That's great. And, you know, it's wonderful. I like to hear about Josh's career and, and, you know, in college ball, as you begin to move away from a career and realize you're not going to be a professional, you you begin to realize how much you're going to miss it. And fantasy football ties you in another, another great way to compete. You know, here in Kentucky, we have two guys that you play against bulky all the time that were excellent college players. Um, Chuck, Yule. Played at Morehead State, big tackle. You, re, he's the guy that looks like a moving building. Always wears the Pittsburgh gear when we come in uh, as Caesars to the showroom. And then the late great Noel Harris, who passed away in February. Noel had a wonderful year, at West, uh, wonderful career at Western Kentucky, and we will miss him terribly. But two fine ball players, and I love it when the guys are playing. I keep talking uh, here in Louisville to Bilal Powell to get to get Bilal Powell to quit working. Uh, 10 days a week like he does. He's in the construction business now and come out and take a team. So maybe someday he'll join us.
0: That'd be awesome. A guy Mm -hmm. that many of us uh, utilized his stats for years to help us to fantasy glory. That'd be very cool if he participated in KFFSC. I will be participating in KFFSC this year. We are um, about a month away, maybe a little bit less than a month away from the KFFSC main event kicking off. And then former guest of this show, Adam Krautwurst uh, pointed out, that um on twitter that we are not too far away from the ffpc main event kicking off as well so Fantastic. it is that time of year very exciting time very exciting time and uh, to uh, be a fantasy football player playing in either the ffpc or the kffsc let's get into the content tonight ladies and gentlemen mike florio from pro football Talks says the quote divide intensifies in the league office over the handling of deshaun watson end quote now Two more women are reportedly, according to the uh, Tony Busby, are looking to file suit against him. That would bring the total to 26. Now, the league is, is concerned, according to Florio, about more of these um, lawsuits coming out um, over, the, uh, over the course of time. Um, in March, Watson got traded to the Browns, and that's when two more lawsuits were filed back then. And that was when we heard that the the league was um, wrapping up their investigation or coming to a close in their investigation. Now that they have more cases, certainly I don't know if we're at the end of this investigation anymore, and certainly it could go on. Um, Baker Mayfield at this point is still indeed a Brown. And I guess the question here, Farrell, as, as we know what Deshaun Watson is capable of, Um, on the football field with you know not the greatest talent around him we have to look at um, from a strictly fantasy football standpoint what are we doing with him in drafts shout out to darren armani at fantasy mojo on twitter fantasymojo.com for for, uh, providing this adp data deshaun watson has taken a tumble quarterback 18 now in the 16th round there is almost no downside of drafting him there but farrell is As we find out more of this investigation, it comes to be, are we really looking at drafting Watson in the 16th round, or are we looking elsewhere, uh, given that this could be a lengthy suspension for Watson this year?
1: Um, Well, the great thing about fantasy football is we've got 32 NFL starting quarterbacks, and many of them are showing improving and promising years. Even the guys that played well last year have room to improve. I expect bigger seasons uh, from – Matt Ryan from uh, Matthew Stafford from uh, uh, Mariota is beginning to to convince me that he's got a little promise down in Atlanta. Tannehill, you can make an argument for a lot of these guys uh, passing up the numbers that they did last year. And then then the core of the top 12 to 14 quarterbacks uh, will continue to do well. There's no reason uh, to draft Deshaun Watson, even though given an opportunity to get on the field, it's been a long time since he's been on the field. Given the opportunity to do that, he is one of the finer uh, quarterbacks in the league. But it's going to take some time. You've got an 11-, 12-week uh, uh, season, uh, main event season. If he misses any time at all, you're just better to ignore that situation. I'm, I'm surprised we're not talking anything about Baker Mayfield and Carolina here. At that didn't well, and- seem to get into the conversation.
0: Let's bring him into the conversation because right now, like we know Carolina, the reports this week, they want to get a deal done sooner rather than later. Quite frankly, Cleveland has Jacoby Brissett on their roster who is capable of, of yeah. playing pretty well and getting that team into the end zone multiple times a game. So I'm not really sure the the reason for keeping Mayfield around at this point. But if he does go to Carolina, I mean, quite frankly, that that shoots DJ Moore's stock up a little bit. Um, it makes Robbie Anderson a little bit more palatable as far as a best ball option. Terrace Marshall, who had a really rough rookie year, could make a pretty solid step forward this year with Baker Mayfield. I like Baker Mayfield significantly better than than what I've seen with Sam Darnold in Carolina. And it seems like that's plan A in Carolina right now is Darnold.
1: I've turned away from this player and, and just quit reviewing it, quit analyzing it, and actually quit reading about it. Now, Now as we get closer, I tend to agree with you. Uh, there's things I don't like about his game, his culture, his locker room, but he he does show flashes of brilliance. I've never used him in fantasy football except Bucky. You remember the 10-3 to 3 game, which I believe is the one where Chubb stepped out of bounds. I had him that weekend when he put six points on the board. Thank you, Baker Mayfield. <laughs> I, I love Carolina's stance. You know, Bucky, my my old Jeep's getting up there in the miles. I absolutely love driving it. I think it's got like 350,000 miles on it now. Yeah, it's it's been around the block a few times. And it, it, if I were Carolina, I would be saying to you, Balky, um, I wouldn't mind. I, I looked at a Genesis uh, 80. SUV the other day. I wouldn't mind if you bought it for me, if you would buy it for me and pay for most of it. I'll drive it around a little bit and see how I like it. That's Carolina's stance on Baker Mayfield. I'm curious where the agent is in this process and how he doesn't help bring two deals, two teams together to make a deal. We bring a team and player together all the time. It's not difficult to bring two teams together and make it make both sides see that they're getting something out of this. Baker Mayfield uh, just on the behalf of our uh, of our great friend uh, Danny Mueller, I'd like to see some some type of uh, turn in the luck for Baker Mayfield in the NFL. Maybe as July approaches, we'll get there.
0: Yeah, and, and we are still, as as Farrell points out, we're still in mid-June yet, so stuff can still happen, but I think we as fantasy football fans and fantasy football drafters drafting heavily right now, we kind of want to get this uh, figured out as soon as possible. Just to give you an idea of who Deshaun Watson is still going in front of in football guys drafts right now, he is going just behind Tua tunga who, just as a reminder, going to Jalen Waddle, Mike Kosicki, Tyreek Hill, you might have heard of him, um, he is going just ahead of Deshaun Watson. After Watson... You have uh, the Letterman in D.C., Carson Wentz. Uh, Jameis Winston, who I happen to like quite a bit. Trevor Lawrence with Doug Peterson uh, is going behind him. And then Matt Jones, you mentioned Matt Ryan Farrell. He is currently an 18th-round pick, going two full Christ. rounds behind Deshaun Watson. So I like all those guys better uh, than uh, Watson there at this point. Now that you know more of this information keeps coming out, it's hard to really um, make a case that Watson is a solid pick in the 16th round. Um, one of the questions, I think um, – uh, Prof Hudson Kern reeve led the show off about this. The, the chat room has been so hot tonight. I think I might have missed the question. Um, oh, here it is right now. Uh, Hudson-Reeve wants to know lots of debate about whether Zeke or Pollard is the better target this year. Who is, Who is it in units of value? And I want to bring up uh, the fact that Mike McCarthy this week says that Ezekiel Elliott is completely healthy now. Mark Lane actually tweeted this out, Mark Lane, who covers the Dallas Cowboys. Ezekiel Elliott last year, it was it was a rough one, uh, and if you invested a high pick in him, you probably weren't happy. However, he did play through some injuries, including a torn PCL. Uh, McCarthy says that his offseason has been really good, and obviously we know this is puff piece season, as the kids call it right now. Um, but he's, he's definitely building them up. Ezekiel Elliott will turn 27 years old this year. Uh, a lot of people, and we've heard this for the last several years, many high stakes owners have been saying that Tony Pollard is the better back and he needs to be touching the football more. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, um, I don't, you know, he's still getting paid a lot and, and to, to bring it back to, to Hudson's point here, as far as, um, value goes in in drafts right now, Ezekiel Elliott running back 19 at the 403. I feel like he's moved up a little bit in the last couple of weeks. Um, Tony Pollard um, is going at, um, oh dear, Uh, here it is, running back 29, 707. So it's, it's roughly about three and a half rounds difference between the two. Farrell, what about you? If you're drafting, would you be more likely to take Ezekiel Elliott in the early fourth or wait? and take Tony
1: Pollard in the mid-seventh. All the regular listeners to the show, Balky, don't want to hear me say the same thing about this that I've been saying for, for a year, so I won't. Uh, but I will say that I think both players are extreme values with where they're going, and I think we're going to finally see an offense that gets both these players on the field together. It's, uh, D- Dallas will continue to feed Elliott the ball. He will continue to... Push over a thousand yards, he'll get the red zone touches. Pollard had a great year last year, and everybody talks about how wonderful and explosive he is. But without a change of pace, uh, the offense benefits from a change of pace running back, and Pollard benefits from a change of pace that he's running against the defense has been banged um, by the veteran Elliott. So it, it's these guys complement each other, and it's uh, Pollard two touchdowns last year. If he is the explosive player that we all see him to be, uh, let's get him on the field with Elliott. Let's get the ball in his hands. Let's put him in the slot. Let's move him around and make the Dallas uh, offense uh, realize exactly what it could be. I, You know, we got to trust the coach, Bucky. And uh, look, there's a lot of players in this league that when they're hurting, they don't play. Ezekiel Elliott plays. He lines up and plays. He should be, very pleased to have him on your team and in your fourth round. If that's your running back, too, you might be well on your way to a championship. Draft them both. I think they're both wonderful, Mark.
0: Yeah, I think I'm kind of with you on this. And by the way, Hudson's pointing out he he likes the draft in May because right now he has Ezekiel Elliott as his fourth running back on three football guys teams. So congratulations to uh, buy the hate on Ezekiel Elliott at this point. Right now, as, as far as football guys drafts uh, go, as Farrell pointed out, he has moved up. He is going right behind James Conner, Brees Hall, David Montgomery. He has now moved ahead of Cam Akers, J.K. Dobbins, and Antonio Gibson. As far as the Pollard tip goes, he is in the area of Ken Walker, Devin Singletary, and James Cook right now, to give you an idea where Tony Pollard's going. Certainly, uh, uh, it's hard for me to say that either one of those is a bad investment um, at those points uh, in the draft, so I think I'm with Farrell on this one. We do have Josh Durham coming up, a four-time FFPC redraft and dynasty winner. Before we get to him and his plan of attack in the pros versus Joes this year, uh, let's talk about the Rams here real quick uh, because I think this is important. Uh, COO, Kevin Demoff did an interview with the athletic and he said that the Rams are optimistic that they will get a deal done to bring Odell Beckham back into the fold. Uh, He said, if they didn't have a salary cap, we could have signed Odell months ago and would have loved to, I'm sorry. I thought the salary cap didn't apply to the Browns. At least that was my, that was my, uh, inclination after seeing what they've done over the last year and a half or so. Um, he says he's optimistic a deal can get done. Obviously he is still rehabbing from a knee injury right now, Farrell. It's hard for me to say like, oh, Beckham is a, is a good target um, as wide receiver 72 in the 16th round right now. I think you can do a lot worse there. Um, I guess if you put a gun to my head, what am I going to say? He's probably back with the Rams this year, but they do have Allen Robinson uh, this year as well. And, and and you know, no Robert Woods. But I think Robinson is a, a superior pass catching talent to Woods. Cooper Cup is a demigod. He's still there. It's hard for me to get super excited about Beckham. Um, and I think and I said this to um, uh, to my uh, one of my friends here in northeast Wisconsin. I said, you know, if Beckham signs on and, and he has a great season, um, I don't know if it's going to be on my team this year.
1: Yeah. OK, well, there's a lot going on here. And you know what, Balky? Uh, just like the Dallas backfield being crowded, your screen's being crowded now. too. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Great <laughs> contributor there. It's right. so a dual thread in the baltman household. And I'm really enjoying it. Who is that? All right, so
0: this is my daughter Emma. Now my wife hey, Emma. is is gone on a uh, a girls' weekend this weekend, so uh-huh. I'm watching the kids. Clearly not doing a very good job. As she, I think she's doing that. a great job. Yeah, Thank she's you, doing man. a great job. I'm We're I'm thrilled them. that she's she's being a part of the broadcast tonight. I will let you talk about Odell Beckham here, and and okay, uh, and and I will um, deal with her.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Kevin Dimoff. Um, Who is Kevin Demoff? He is pretty much the Consigliore of the Stan Kroenke family, um, basically football royalty in Los Angeles. Uh, Marvin Demoff, his father, is a noted player agent all the way back to the days of John Elway. Um, This is a a man that has a great deal of uh, a great deal of oh, I'm I'm searching for the perfect word. he he is basically the voice of this owner. And Balky, when he speaks, I believe what he's saying is we should already have Beckham under contract. Uh, and he might be just talking to the gentleman in the front office and of coaching staff saying, you know what? If you guys wouldn't trade all our draft picks away, we might have some players playing, <laughs> at the minimum, and consequently, we could afford to sign Odell Beckham. At some point, the ability to sign these veteran players for the Rams are going to run out. They're doing a great job with it right now, managing the salary cap. So I like where this comment is coming from. Demoff has made some interesting comments, uh, and I'm I'm sure with his uh, background in analytics and his contribution to this this front office, that he's right in the middle of this, but. This is a message, I believe, coming from uh, from the ownership that says, you know, guys, I'm not getting in your way, but it sure would be nice if we had Beckham under contract.
0: All right, so we do have a question for my daughter, Emma, in the hmm. chat room right now. I'll bring her over as long as she promises to go right back upstairs. Okay, perfect. <laughs> um, the Gizzle wants to know, do you think that Mo Alley Cox will hold off Jelani Woods at tight end as a rookie in Indianapolis? Yes what's, or no? What's that mean? Well, <laughs> Mo'Ally Mo, Mo Cox is currently the starting tight end in Indianapolis, but they drafted Jelani Woods this year. He could be the future. Do you think Mo Alley Cox is still going to be the starter all season, or is it going to be Jelani Woods? Um, What
1: player is he? Is this soccer? No, this is
0: football. Pro oh, football. No. Okay? So just Mo'Ally Cox oh, or yeah. Jelani Woods? Um, Woods. Woods. Jelani Woods, Dizzle. Why you heard not? it here. You heard it here. All right. You seriously need to go to bed, okay? I have good to bring night. on our next guest. Say goodnight to everybody. Goodnight. All right. There good we night. go. Emma Balkman making an appearance or debut on the High Stakes Fantasy Football job. Hour. Holy cow. Our next guest has a lot to uh, – it's going to be tough to follow that. I want to bring him in right now. He finished his Division Two football career in 2008 and transferred his love of the game into fantasy football. For the last three seasons, he's been playing in the FFPC and is looking forward not only to drafting his first main event team live in Las Vegas, but as well as his debut in the 2022 FFPC Pros versus Joes. You follow him on Twitter at DermFF, that's D-U-R-M-F-F. Please welcome into the program four-time FFPC dynasty and redraft champ and 2022 FFPC pros versus Joe's drafter, Josh Durham. Josh, welcome into the program. Thanks for hanging out with us tonight.
3: Good evening, Balky. Good evening, Farrell. How Nice to see you,
0: sir. Um, I know this is an exciting time for you. You're going to be drafting live in Las Vegas. You are going to be drafting in pros versus Joe's. You draft a lot of teams in the FFPC for fantasy football when you are not doing that. Uh, what are you doing for a
3: living Josh well I consider myself a stay-at-home dad um, I have three beautiful children uh he and a Kate in Austin and they're four three and eight months old wow and I also work at the airport here in Atlanta as a gate agent so I stay busy
0: yeah that's for sure and 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 uh, I know how that goes uh no question um <laughs> So one of the things I brought up at the top of the show, Josh, was I, I didn't think we'd ever have a college football player on the on the show. I forgot about Charkandrick West, who was still – like he was in between college and the pros when he came on. Um, but it's awesome that we're getting uh, another college football player
3: on, our first Division II football mm-hmm. player on. Uh, where did you play college football? So I started out um, going to Western Carolina University. I redshirted there. After my freshman year, I transferred to a JUCO out in California. I went to Santa Rosa Junior College, played yeah. there one season, and then finished up my career at Brevard College in North Carolina. I played, started three years there at free safety. Hmm. And um, along my journey, I played, with, played for a lot of great coaches along with um, a lot of great guys. So.
1: Who was on the schedule for Brevard when you were there? Who did you play?
3: Uh, we played – uh Carson Newman, Wingett, yeah. uh, Mars Hill.
1: Carson Newman had some good teams. Uh, oh, they do when you when you played? They put a lot of guys in the league. The uh what else uh about your career that you know what do you miss about it? Do you miss the guys? Do you miss the locker room? Do you do you miss the training? Uh what do you and you replaced it in your life? Obviously, with raising three kids, there's not much time for anything else. Isn't fantasy football a
3: great way to stay engaged in the game and compete? It is. The thing I miss probably the most is like when you're on the field, that's mm-hmm. all that's on your mind. Yes. So you don't have anything else going on. Everything's just focused in the game. So, mm-hmm. um, and then the locker room with the guys, I also miss that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's cool. Uh, don't miss the the workouts as much.
0: <laughs> this is the Aaron this is the Aaron Rodgers thing where he keeps threatening retirement he's like well I love the <laughs> game of football I just don't like all the other stuff that goes with it and I'll tell what you was your,
1: what was your size when you were on the field well, I was lately. I was uh,
3: six foot like 185 but so it's kind of undersized but um, I always took pride in um, the heart I played with and uh, just like knowing the game of football so I had to just feel like I had uh a smarter, uh, just had to had to play smart, be smart, you know.
1: And and what airline are you with down there in Atlanta? Oh, uh, I don't know
3: if I want to share that. <laughs> yes, you do. You so, don't.
0: So here's the thing, don't. Uh, Josh. This may seem very innocent. But Farrell is sizing you up so he can represent you as you make your comeback. Well, also, I want to know
1: what airline because I want to walk up to the gate and said, Durham said I can go to first class." <laughs> yes. You know, if you come, if you, if you come with an attitude in the right place and you you ask politely, no telling what could happen.
3: So well, you, you never, never know. I'm spending a lot of time in
1: Atlanta. I want to have a friend at the airport. <laughs> you know, that's all I'm saying. Uh, um, yeah. So listen, if you ever decide,
0: Josh, that you want to make a comeback. Um, <laughs> Farrell will be on the first flight there. We'll get you hooked up. There's All right. Listen, you can never have enough good defensive backs. No one. No. can. So no. I mean, there's, there's that no. option is out there for you. Although I will
3: say, as a defensive back, you're only as good as your defensive line. So mm-hmm. that is also true. Um, and which is
0: weird because when I played high school football, my defensive line was also uh, was was awesome, and I was a rotten corner. So I don't know how that works. <laughs> um, now we should point this out, Hudson Reeve in the chat room Uh, a back-to-back winner in his pros versus Joe's league in 2020 and 2021. He says that if you're interested, Josh, as you embark on your pros versus Joe's journey this year, he said that uh, he is offering a one week course at Cornell where he teaches on how to win the pros versus Joe's uh, competition. It's online. He says tuition is reasonable. So I'm just putting that out there. We could put you in touch with them. You can, you can take the online course at Cornell and then become pros versus Joe's champion. We'll figure that out after the show. We are going to pick your brain right now with the fantasy football aspects of it. Um, I personally have been pumping up Aaron Jones as the Packers running back that you want to draft after Devontae Adams has uh, decided to go to Las Vegas. But um, why should fantasy drafters not forget about A.J. Dillon
3: this year? Well, A.J. Dillon is being drafted in the sixth round. Uh, Last year, he averaged about 13 touches a game. 11 rush, two receptions. I think that's his floor. Um, You can expect that this year as his floor. And I think that there's a couple ways that he can actually improve on that. Uh, One being that the Packers just run more. And um, another one is uh, if the Packers do decide to uh, use um, Aaron Jones more in a receiving role and put emphasis on that, I do think that they could transfer some of those carries that Aaron Jones has and give them to AJ Dillon. So I think there's a there's a, an increase in production there. And then um, final is if something does happen to Aaron Jones and he misses an uh, extended period of games, then I think AJ Dillon becomes a league winner. Um, with um, you know the other players going around him, I think that uh, I'd rather take the take the. A.J. Dillon in that in that scenario.
1: Yeah. I would have rather taken you out of the defensive backfield, put 10 pounds on you, sent you to a Canadian workout, have you play Sam linebacker with that linebacker mentality because <laughs> I think you're more of a linebacker uh, than you are safety. However, in Atlanta, they unlocked the keys to Corderell Patterson, found out he was more of a running back than a wide receiver. and It was a fascinating thing to watch. Despite all the things that didn't go right in Atlanta, that did. And then uh, when we gathered here in Kentucky uh, Super Bowl weekend for our draft, uh, Tyler Allgaier was uh, uh, a top rookie pick at the position, and people were very happy when he landed in Atlanta. It seems that uh, the excitement for drafting that player uh, has has fallen off somewhat with the re-signing of Patterson. You're right there in the city. What can you make of that backfield? Who am I missing? Is there another young player there? And and what do you see as the value at that position, especially with a running quarterback, an RPO quarterback that I think is going to put some yards down
3: uh, for the Falcons this year? First, I'm off on I'm off on Patterson because mm-hmm. they uh, Arthur Smith, head coach of the Falcons, he is he held out Patterson in minicamp. And to me, it's minicamp. It's helmets and shorts. Mm-hmm. And if if your coach is concerned about your fragility with um, minicamp, I don't think that has a good outlook on the rest of the season. So I'm out on Patterson. I think um, out here he could, he could um, return value. I'm just more interested in people going around him. I think he will pick up the Mike Davis role. Um, since they they released Mike Davis and then I, I like Damian Williams late in drafts. I think that there's, there's no, uh, I mean, he's cheap enough where you're not risking much. And, um, and I think that he could fill in for Patterson if something were to happen to Patterson. So I I like, I like Damian Williams at the back. Fair enough. Good player. Damian
0: Williams too. I, and I love where he's going too. I mean, you're looking at Chris Evans, James White and Matt Greta going right ahead of him. Let's say a little Greta, That's probably not a bad investment in the 17th round, but Damian Williams, 1708 running back 73. Those are the three guys he's going behind right ahead of Trey Sermon, Kennedy Brooks and Keyshawn Vaughn. I mean, the 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 fact that that Williams is is even mentioned with those guys is is unbelievable he's like i like him so much significantly better than those other three players there for sure um one of the things we've noticed uh Josh over the last i would say week and a half maybe two weeks has been the ascendance of Travis ETN um he's picking up a lot of steam football guys drafts in fact as i as i get the mojo right now uh for travis etn i can tell you and you probably already know this he's going at the 306 as running back 15 he's Mm ascended past connor Brees hall david montgomery now um i'm just kind of curious i know you have him on on a bunch of teams i think a lot of those are dynasty if i you know correct me if i'm wrong um, but how likely is it if you're drafting in football guys, how likely is it that you would be willing to draft him in the mid-third when a lot of pundits out there are saying that he could even go higher than the mid-third by the time September rolls around?
3: Yeah, looking looking at the drafts now, it's hard because like you said, I did I did draft him a lot. Was, I, I was looking at my drafts and I do have them quite a bit in dynasty, but the never too early drafts is where I, I really got them at a discount. And so Looking at it now, it's it's kind of hard to pull the trigger, but I think in the right roster rocks roster construction, I think it's fine. And you know, I'm still excited about him, but after drafting him in the sixth and the fifth round, and then now he's going in the third, it, it can make it a little bit more challenging. But I that's I think I think he's he can still work there in the right roster construction.
1: You know, I think a guy that can still work for fantasy drafters is Tyreek Hill, and I cannot believe that he continues to drop so far into the second round. Uh, I know that people consider the aspect of the quarterback, but I think when you think about it, you realize the the mix of players that he had on the field, just in volume and work alone uh, in Kansas City and what's going to be expected from him in Miami or Really, two different things. Uh, anyway, however it comes out, uh, Tyreek Hill doesn't belong uh, in that spot uh, in that draft. Am I right or wrong?
3: Uh, I think I think he's properly priced in that in the draft oh. um, because it's it's a lot of different factors going into where that's made him lose a little bit of value from last year. Um, I I think the quarterback. I mean, I just go back to like the AFC Championship game against the Bills, where he caught like a twenty-yard pass, or might have been a little bit longer than that. But he he catches it and takes it to the house, where mm-hmm. I think I think Tua can make the same throw,
2: mm-hmm. and
3: so he's Tyree Kill. He creates his own yak, his own yards after catch. So mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think the quarterback is where I get a little hesitant on where he's going or not where he's going, but like if he was going earlier, I think um, Mike McDaniel being the head coach, not knowing exactly what type of offense he's going to run, what, what his philosophy is going to be. I think that's actually a little bit more um, included in his discount. Mm -hmm. And then um, I think unfairly the waddle and him Mm -hmm. thinking about the, um, the uh, target competition, he had that with um, with Kelsey in in Kansas City, and I think I think Waddle actually helps him out more than Kelsey helped him out because they were two different they were working two different uh, parts of the field with him and yeah. Kelsey. And then now Tyreek and Waddle they can actually play off of each other, so right. I think that actually helps him in Miami. So I, I'm just a little bit concerned with uh, what how uh, Mike McDaniel is going to run the offense there.
1: But you would take him at that spot. In other words, if if you're down at the end of the second round, that's a player you're targeting. Absolutely. So where would you draft him in the second round? If if you're at the seven pick and he's there coming back around, is that? If you're at the nine pick and he's there coming back around, where do you say that you're not going to go higher with him?
3: Um, I'm big on roster construction. Yeah. Uh, So – so it really depends on like where I go in the first round, how I'm mm-hmm. going to go back in the second round. I I like drafting running backs in the second round, mm-hmm. but um, I I could see going up to like the the 205, 206. Yeah. I, do like them, okay. I do like them better than some of the receivers going there.
1: I have Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill in one of my drafts, and I remember after I put both players on the roster, I, I just would pull up the draft board and stare at it. You know, and smile. I was very happy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and the other thing, keep in mind, Tyree Hill, according to Tyree Hill, again, uh, he says he has a more accurate quarterback mm-hmm. uh, this yeah. year into a tongue of Iloa than uh, Patrick Mahomes. So there's that. Uh, listen, if you speak it into existence, it can yep. be true. Um, the uh, Moving on here, Josh, and we're talking with Josh Durham, Pros versus Joe's drafted this year, a four time FFPC league champ. Uh, Denver has a couple of tight ends, pretty talented tight ends. Um, Albert Okwepenow and the rookie out of UCLA, Greg Dulcich. Now, as I give you the ADPs on these guys, they they have tightened um, over the last, I would say, week, maybe maybe five days. Uh, they've tightened up a little bit more. Okwepenow, tight end 16 at the 11.05. Dulcich still going behind him, but Greg Dulcich has moved up tight end 33 he is now safely in the 18th round almost the 17th round i gotta admit with the people i'm talking to and the things i've read i think that these adps are going to get much closer as the uh, the next few weeks go on uh and at some point dulcich could overtake okla weapon especially once we get preseason football um if you're drafting right now in mid-june what are you doing with denver tight ends are you drafting albert o or are you waiting to draft greg D?
3: I will draft Alberto. And it's it's mainly because besides Kyle Pitts and the trying to go back in my mind maybe Kittle, I have not realized or seen a rookie tight end be successful in their rookie year. Hmm. So that Friar Muth
1: had a pretty good year last year.
0: he yeah, was all right.
3: It, was, all right. it, it mm-hmm. was it was good, but I mean I think that's more of like the I think there's some more circumstances surrounding Friar that helped him in his rookie year. Mm-hmm. Um, with the tight end position in Denver in general, I think that there's, a, there's so many mouths to feed. That's where I get hesitant on drafting a, a Denver tight end. But if I was going to pick one, it'd be Albert O. Fair um, enough. Fair enough. Well, I, if you can't get
1: excited about rookie tight ends, I don't blame you yeah. because I've been burnt there. And I think Uncle Albert may burn us too. So I think you might be right on to something there. Uh, you know, <laughs> Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence, can anybody save Evan Ingram? You know, I get one of those little mini boards and then bring it to the draft live out in Las Vegas. You'll be you'll be at Planet Hollywood in September drafting live, won't you, John? And and I, I bring my little mini board because because that helps me keep track of everything. And I the, the little stickers and um, I, I I make my columns of players. And when I get to when I get to a player that I just won't draft, I put it on upside down. And, and Ingram has been upside down for me for his entire <laughs> last few years of his career, and he'll probably stay there. Can this new for me? But for you, Josh, can this new location? Reinvigorate Evan Ingram to at least make him a a consideration to start for I, FFPC drafters.
3: I think he can. Um, he he's going as tight end twenty three, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, in round thirteen is I think where I saw him. Um, I think he can. So I I'd not take him any 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 uh, sooner than. You know, like tight end twenty, but I, I think I have a lot of faith in Trevor Lawrence. So,
2: mm-hmm.
3: yeah, um, and and Peterson for that matter. So, mm-hmm. I I do think if he can get back to what he showed earlier in his career, yeah, I think the tight end fifteen, I, I I don't think that's out of the question. There, he um, does
1: have uh, he 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 does have uh very good hands, but he has very short arms. I just haven't <laughs> just it has not it hasn't looked uh, good to me. Balky. do you have the mojo from Darren to, to tell us who's going around Ingram?
0: I sure do. Uh, the, you're looking at Njoku, who has really ascended since that um that contract that he signed, which obviously that would make a lot of sense. Gerald Everett and Tyler Higbee going right before Evan Ingram drafts. Ingram is uh, going ahead of Logan Thomas, Austin Hooper, Hayden Hurst. Evan Ingram, tight end 23 at the thirteen ten over the last seven days in Football Guys Players Championship draft. So, again, you know, it, some of these guys, you know, we, we've heard different philosophies on tight ends from a lot of high-stakes players. Some of them are like, i got to have a top-three guy at tight end because tight ends a minefield every year. I don't want to play it. And then you have other guys saying, I'll wait on the position and I'll draft two or three of them. Usually one of them hits or, or hits okay, like a partial hit. Like, um, you know, one hit on a destroyer or battleship, and sometimes that's good enough if you are loading up on running backs, receivers, and a good quarterback early on. Ingram um, would fall into the latter category of just, like, let's see what happens if it's not working out. You know, I, I cut my 13th round pick. I move on to the hot, sexy running back that week that's got the great opportunity and and go from there. So I think that that, that was the, that's the case that you would make for Evan Ingram uh, at tight end 23. Certainly some upside there. With I can't believe I'm saying this. He's newly found upside in Jacksonville
1: with <laughs> no. Trevor
0: Lawrence and Doug Peterson. couple of emails here for you, Josh. Uh, Freddie in Spartanburg, South Carolina. What's up, Josh? Which Chiefs receiver do you like better? Smith Schuster in the sixth or Valdez Scantling in the 11th? Freddie in Spartanburg, South Carolina, thank you for uh, emailing. So Smith Schuster going about five rounds ahead. Of Marquez Valdez Scantling and I think Marquez Valdez Scantling making about five million more dollars than Juju Smith Schuster this that's year. That's what I was gonna
3: say. I was gonna say their contracts yeah. are like switched to their ADP, doesn't match. But um I'll say that my wife's my wife's a Steelers fan, so I've mm-hmm. watched a lot of Juju uh from when he was with A B to when he was without A B. And when A B left, I always told her, I was like, I'm I'm going to stay away from Juju and um, I've been, I've always been off of Juju since, since that, that period. I, I still don't like him. Um, I think that I'm not, I'm not high on MVS. I'd rather take probably uh, if I could, I'd probably take Kelsey in the first, but um, over the two, but I don't, if I had to choose between the two, I'd say MVS just based on the contract alone.
1: Well, so, get her on the, get her on the show and we can revisit Friar and Claypool.
3: <laughs> she's going to be in Vegas. Ah, love oh, she's going to be my co-owner.
0: Very good. <laughs> very, very good. Farrell Fer- have his Chase Claypool Steelers yes. jersey to give to her. Uh, no question. Um, let's get to Tom and Austin here, Josh. Assuming Lamar Jackson plays this year for the Ravens, how bullish on the Baltimore passing game are you going to be? Thanks, dude. That is Tom and Austin. Tom, we appreciate your email. Ravens passing game. No longer has Marquise Brown. It does have Rashad Bateman, Devin Duvernay, James Crochet, and obviously Mark Andrews and the, the running backs they have there. Are you excited about that passing game there uh, this year, Josh?
3: Um, I'm hesitantly excited. So, <laughs> like that. So, so yeah, I, I get it. I, I do like Bateman and I, I like Mark Andrews, um, but – it does concern me a little bit that a lot a lot of Andrews production came with without mm-hmm. Lamar, so that that does give me some, some hesitancy. But um, I do like Bateman this year, along with Mark Andrews. I like them both. I think that they can outperform their ADP what they're where they're going at right now.
0: Farrell, I'm out of emails, so it means it's up to you.
1: Okay, you know what I was what I think about now that you get to play a pleasure of talking to you, Josh, I, I wish that I had met you earlier. I really (laughs) like the way that you have your opinions on players. I got a feeling that when you draft, you're going to get your guys, you know, that that's, that's uh and I like that, you know, I think you're, you're the kind of guy that's going to stick to your guns when the draft comes along, no matter what's happening. So with that in mind, I think you're probably going to give us one of the better feedbacks to this question. Who is your number one guy that you, throughout all drafts that you're targeting, and he doesn't have to be an early guy. He can be a later guy, but he's a guy that you want or find at the end of all your early drafts that you've done so far that he's on your team. And then who is your Evan Ingram? I I told you the guy that I just don't want anything to do with. Do you have someone like that?
3: So my early guy um, or the guy that I want is an early guy. Um, It's Saquon Barkley. And that's, it's it's kind of a soft toss, but um, I like, I like Barkley. I think that he's getting knocked right now for uh, some injuries that he, coming back from the ACL, um, he had like, he had a little nicked up ankle going on last year. And I think that he's in one of the positions where he can have a workhorse role in in that offense, along with uh, Day Ball being there. And I think that they're going to turn it around. So I, I really like um, Barkley this year. Okay. The player that I'm not on this year at all is is Michael Thomas. Yeah, I think an ankle injury lasting two years. <laughs> and, and I saw a video that he ran a straight line, and straight lines don't work on slants. So. Uh-huh. Um, and then I heard and, that, and he is slant. slant boy, right? Yeah, he's, he's, slant, he's boy. slant boy, and, and he's yeah. still he's still not. Um, he's he said he's still not healthy, so I don't know. I don't know what's going to work for his ankle. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just, it's. Uh, I don't know if he needs another surgery or not. Well, so. and we
0: talked about it too. I think last week on this show, what did the Ritz Saints do? Drafted Olave in the first, and now they just signed Jarvis Landry. I mean, you can kind of mm-hmm. read between the yeah. lines here of what they're thinking. Of Michael Thomas. So yeah,
3: at this point, I, I just I I think Michael Thomas is. I don't I don't think his heart's in the game. So,
1: mm-hmm.
3: and, and
0: maybe, maybe it, it's tough. It's, you know, and, and I'll say this about um, Barkley too, because I feel like he was another guy that with Ezekiel Elliott was really tumbling uh, in drafts. And while I think Elliott has, has risen a little bit, I think Barkley's risen a little bit too. He's bounced yes. back um, Saquon Barkley now running back nine. He's up to the 205 uh, in the last seven days in, in football guys drafts. In fact, somebody, at least one person took him in the first round. Within yeah. the last week, too. So we'll see what, what what's going on with Barkley. Lots of like there with Dable and um, and uh, him coming back from those injuries. Uh, so yes, I I think Barkley would make some sense in the in the mid second round. Last question for you, um, uh, Josh. Do you have any thought? I mean, you obviously don't know where you're going to be picking. You do know that it's a best ball slim format for the FFPC pros versus Joe's format. Are you switching up any kind of strategy, knowing that? you'll be drafting against five, you know, talented Joes, but also six pros who, granted, they are pros. They don't always understand the format. They don't always understand the ADP as well as pros like, uh, you know, Joes like you do, I should say. Um, Are you adjusting your strategy based on um, the fact that only half the league will be populated with people you're normally drafting against?
3: Um, Best ball, I will probably be switching up my my strategy that, from it'll differ from what I'll probably be using at the main event and the FPC right now that I'm I'm using right. Um, it will probably be I'm thinking that I'll probably go like a robust RB, um, but I could I could change it up I don't know so. Um, and you don't know where you'll be picking too. I mean I, that I, that too. Yeah,
0: certainly that will change the you know this at least the strategy going in.
3: Don't
1: give up any information while you're on this show, Josh, at all. You know, mislead them. It's just like your airport question, although I'm going to find you in Hartsfield. I'm going to find you there. <laughs> I'll I'm be like there. the airport detective. The challenge has been put down. But, uh, yeah, don't don't give up anything. Don't let Balky get inside your head because you need to come in there, win this thing, and don't, don't give up anything. I won't. I we don't. won't. We, we will find, Josh, we will find you at the airport. We will
0: also find you on Twitter at DermFF. We are dispensing knowledge and uh, asking questions, uh, which is always uh, something that, that uh, I, I always encourage on Twitter to get the conversation started. Uh, we're glad that we got this conversation started with you tonight and got some insight into um, how you've been able to win so many leagues and, and good luck in pros versus Joes and all your leagues this year as you chase that million bucks, especially in the FFPC main event. Be good, dude. This was great, and we'll do it again soon.
3: Thank you. I enjoyed talking with you guys tonight. You Happy do. Father's Day. Thank you. Happy Father's Day to you, too. Josh yes. Durham,
0: ladies and gentlemen, at Durham FF on Twitter, a guy who um, uh, I, I feel like it was going to be difficult to follow up my daughter tonight, um, but no. Josh obviously – Flying colors. Passes the test. I, you know,
1: and you guys got a lot to be proud of. I, I do. I'm, I'm a little concerned about Emma and her question about is this soccer? Because, you know, uh, will my modest little podcast that I do with uh, my co-host Robbie Fetcher, his daughter Finley, a similar age, uh, she can go too deep on the Colts depth chart right wow. now. And uh, she would have known that Jelani Woods question and nailed it. And, uh, you know, Balky, I, this Father's Day weekend, it's important to spend time with him and talk football, which is what every little girl obviously wants to do. Yeah,
0: obviously. I, I think yeah. it's funny, like like she's like, okay, Ali Cox or Jelani Woods. Now, is this soccer or football? Because my answer will change whether we're talking about football or football. In any event. Um, we got some emails here um, that I want to get to in a second. The other thing I want to bring up, um, Farrell, uh, Alec Ingold, formerly of your Las Vegas Raiders, yes. uh, formerly a Wisconsin Badger, he is throwing a charity softball game in Madison next month, and we had him on my radio show in, in Northeast Wisconsin to, to talk about it. And we were talking about Mike McDaniel, obviously, mm-hmm. and I brought up, I just kind of snuck it in there and he was a pro. I said, you know, Mostert and and uh, Zaquandre White and Miles Gaskin and Chase Edmonds, you got all these guys, and then he reminded me that I forgot to say Sony Michelle, which I felt really bad about i'm like alec who do you think you're going to be blocking most for this year between those guys and uh you know to try to get any kind of fantasy knowledge because i hell if i know what's going on with the dolphins backfield this year and he's like oh dude they're all so talented it's just so great to to be fly you know he turned into you know this combination of uh tony bennett and um uh the um, who's the <laughs> The self-help guy, uh, Tony (laughs) Robbins, you know, he just got super positive and like he just injected himself with a bunch of Prozac and was just couldn't fell fell all over himself talking about. So I gleaned nothing from that. Um, He had nothing but positive things to say about Mike McDaniel. Like he said, he's he's so sharp, he's so intelligent, and he said he shows up to every practice with like a new outfit and new shoes
1: on every single practice that they've been out there. So pretty cool. he's, He's probably got a very good endorsement deal. You know, if you look at uh, if you look at what's happened uh, in f- fullbacks in fantasy football, there's only one that gets drafted, and he's a 49er. And he, well, he doesn't get drafted, but he gets added on, yep. in waivers for, for bye weeks because people see him get 10 or 12 points. People see him being very active you know, on the field. He'll get 10 or 12 points in a game, and he'll be an immediate add. And so Ingold's very, very happy to be going into a system like that. So that's yeah. a fantastic guy to have. You know, uh, Balky, one thing that interests me uh, about what Josh said, and a lot of things interest me. He's a very, very good player. But he's it's, – it's Barkley. Barkley has been hurt. He can't always play when he's hurt. He's worked to recover from his injuries. But Barkley over the last two years, if you take all the running backs, uh, 150 minimum carries over the last two years – He's averaged 3.5 yards a carry dead last amongst anyone over 150 carries in the last two years. Um, Ezekiel Elliott, on the other hand, a fourth round draft pick, who is a, uh, a much more significant bargain in my mind, has played hurt. You can obviously see he's hurt, although some people say that he's just washed up. But you can obviously see that he's struggled physically. But he continues to play on the field, get 1,000 yards, 47 catches, 10 touchdowns rushing. So this is uh, – and and I like both players. I'm rooting for Barkley to bounce back. But, he, I, I, you know, I could make a case for those guys flipping draft positions based on the story as I see it.
0: Yeah, no, and I, th- I think you make a strong point there. We have Matthew Bingham in the chat room talking about – how the Giants offensive line should be better uh, in in addition uh, on that line and obviously Dayball, and then Barkley year two post ACL too. So maybe, maybe you'll get some of the explosion back, but I like Mm -hmm. what you're saying because I, I, quite frankly, I trust Dak Prescott and the Cowboys offense much more so as a whole, much more so than, than Daniel Jones and the Giants offense at this point, but you're right. And we could see those guys get closer to ADP uh, in ADP as we go forward here and push through drafting season. Let's get to a few emails here um, to end the show tonight. Um, Oh, here's one. Uh, Bill in D.C., what's up, Balky and Farrell? Now that we know he's back in Kansas City, where would be the right spot in Football Guys drafts for Jarek McKinnon to go off the board? Have a great weekend. That is, Bill, in our nation's capital. Jarek McKinnon, who just signed that deal with Kansas City to return to the Chiefs after that Bafo uh, performance in the playoffs last year. He has um, an ADP over the last seven days. So this is not inc- – I think he's signed within the last seven days. So this, the, the, this ADP that I'm about to announce will go higher. Jarek McKinnon, 1610 uh, in the last seven days. And he's only been selected in nine of 21 drafts too. Mm-hmm. So bear that in mind. He's gone as high as the 1303. He's running back 66. He's obviously going to go up there. And I'll bring this up, and I can't remember who was saying this. But bear in mind, when Jarek McKinnon was on the Chiefs last year, it's not like his regular season was was fantasy worthy. It was the playoffs where he really turned it on. So we don't want to be prisoners of the moment. We don't want to have recency bias. But when you look at McKinnon now, again, we, we assume he's going to send 11th, 12th, maybe 10th round. I don't know how high he'll get.
1: Farrell, if you were going to draft him in a football guys draft, where's the time that you would start looking at him? In the football guys draft, I'm not going to draft him. So I'm going to fall with that other 50%. But in our uh, slim drafts, uh, as well as the, our true uh, best ball drafts that go 28 rounds, he's going to be a player I target. And I would draft him where you're speaking about drafting him uh, in the in the football guys. So I, I love the player, and I love the upside. I don't want to make a decision about starting him from week to week. Um, if he's uh, If I like what I see during the preseason, I'll change my mind on this player. Uh, but he's more likely to me to be a guy that uh, when someone loses patience of waiting for him to break loose, that I would pick up on waivers. Um,
0: Moving on, and this is a good one for you, Farrell. We're going to stick in the uh, AFC West. This is a Raiders question from Paul in El Toro, California. Should I be fading Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake? And focusing on Zamir White in my FPC leagues this summer. Now, mm-hmm. this is interesting because there's something I read. Um, I think it was today. Actually, I'm going to see if I can bring up the uh, the report on it. And I should have had this ready, uh, so I do apologize. I know this is this is great radio slash uh, yeah. television. Um, Zamir White, and I can't find it now, but there was something to to the effect of, "Oh yeah, Maurice Jones-Drew. That's who it was saying mm-hmm. from the NFL Network." says that White fits in well with Josh McDaniel's running scheme. He says the Raiders are not that creative a running team. Sorry, Farrell, his words, not mine. They don't create create explosive plays in the running game. They're like downhill, A-gap, a little power. They're not a zone-stretch team. And if you watch his tape, that's what Zamir White is. That's what he does well. Jacobs and Kenyon Drake, I believe, are not under contract. After this year, Zamir White was a player the Raiders just traded up for. Seems like, you know, this is the type of, when we read between the lines, this is the type of stuff we like to see um, when we're looking at values in the draft. Mm -hmm. Zamir White, Farrell, 14.09, running back 60. I'm all over that.
1: Yeah, that's good value for Zamir White. And it's a situation where... You're going to like him better when you get, again, into the preseason. But if you don't see him do it in the preseason, you might keep him somewhere around the 14th, 15th, and 16th round. And there's where you should go for it. Now, you bring a rookie running back into that situation, those are two good running backs, Jacobs and Drake. We know the former coaching staff didn't get what they needed to get out of Drake, and then he got hurt. And it's certainly not recency bias, but there is some appreciation as to when he joined the Raiders as a free agency, he was a free agent. He was a well paid player and a player that was in demand. And we all kind of had a raised eyebrow when he landed with the Raiders. Uh, but, you know, players want to play there. It's a three headed monster. It's a good product for uh, the Raiders backfield. I think it's a huge uh, upgrade uh, over what they did last year. For fantasy purposes, we're going to have to work it out. Jacobs' draft spot at the position has already taken the hit. For this player being there, uh, but yeah, it, it's uh, there's a, a nice spread between uh, Jacobs and White to get the uh, to get the handcuff, and in Best Ball. You might as well take all three of them. Uh, the flip side of the coin is Matthew Bingham
0: points out in the YouTube chat: it's a McDaniel's backfield avoid. Brandon Bolden will be, yeah. will probably end up being the most yeah, valuable. It could be, happen because why not? Right? Yeah. So, I mean, there there is that good point. Who was that? Oh, Bowden. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I will say um, uh, this, too. uh, Dizzle pointing this out in the chat room. He said, how to avoid 14 running backs. Do not draft New England, Kansas City, San Francisco, or Miami running backs. Avoid Mm -hmm. Harris, Steph, White, Strong, Edmonds, Michelle, Gaskin, Mitchell, TDP, Sermon, Wilson, CEH, uh, Jones, and McKinnon. Uh, And certainly, there is something to be said for that. I Don't know if I am a wholehearted evangelist to that. I'll take all uh, those guys, (laughs)
1: yeah.
0: So, this is you got it, you got to get in some more. Send them my way, Dizzle, exactly. Um, Hudson wants to know in, in the chat, uh, he wants to know which quarterback we like better this year between Justin Herbert and Kyler Murray. Um, for me, I while I do think that um, a lot of FFPC drafters might be selecting. Justin Herbert at his ceiling right now. Remember, he's quarterback three, and Mm -hmm. quite frankly, he's not that far from quarterback two right now, almost surpassing Patrick Mahomes. Only about less than a half round uh, separates them in the sixth round right now. Mm -hmm. So I will say um, in a vacuum, I would prefer Herbert over Murray. However, I have zero shares of Herbert this year, and I know I have at least one of Kyler Murray, um, and I do like the value of Kyler Murray not being chosen until the eighth round as opposed to Herbert, who is going in the early sixth
1: if an undergrad at Cornell asked that question, Hudson kernery would throw him out of the classroom. That is, uh, <laughs> we, we know that, uh, the golden arm of, of Herbert leads, uh, to fantasy football, victory and riches. That's where your play is. And, you know, like all good 26 sixers know, I'm one of them, at least in yep. status. Uh, I have a uh, Herbert, uh, in one of the leagues that I'll be, uh, competing with, with our, uh, wonderful professor this year
0: can't yeah can't wait to hear that as as that league unfolds uh two more quick ones tonight fairly before we get out of here john in houston hey guys with amon ross st brown dj chark and now jameson williams around is tj hawkinson going too high in drafts for you right now thank you for the email john in houston hawkinson in the tight end premium football guys players championship currently has an adp of tight end seven at the 5.07, he is going right around Dalton Schultz area. He's about um, almost two rounds after George Kittle, and he's going well over a full round before Dallas Goddard. Is that too high for Hawkinson, knowing all the weapons that Detroit has in there, the ascendance of St. Brown and the additions of Chark
1: and uh, James Williams? Um, I have not figured this player out. Uh, for this coming season, and and I probably won't. He's in no man's land with tight ends. And if I'm in that draft, um, uh, Schultz is going to go higher uh, than that. And and the spread between uh, Hawkinson and the guys that follow him, uh, yeah, he's going to be right there on an island and not too many tight ends around him. So the answer is uh, that I don't know, but if he's a fifth-round tight end, I'm going to do something before then or I'm going to do a couple things after then that I find more interesting to me. And I'm going to let someone else take the risk. He got about 60 catches last year. I forget how many games he was active for. He didn't play the full season. He is a terrific player. But uh, the jury's just out for me, and I just don't like where he's drafted.
0: Uh, Kamish Bryce is a massive Lions fan. He has a T.J. Hawkinson bobblehead next yeah, to his too. desk at work so he is a big fan of Hawkinson um if you feel like he's going too high get in a league with Kamish Bryce and he will really go high in those yeah. leagues um final question here and it's from the chat room it's for you Farrell actually sees yeah. backgrounds wants to know Tyrion uh Davis Price do you like him this year Farrell I'm assuming that's a redraft question yeah. running back 47 in the 11th round of football guys drafts uh, right now right behind Michael Carter and Naheem Hines right uh I beg your pardon right after Carter and Hines and he's going right before Tyler Alguire and Kenneth Gainwell. Do you like TDP
1: Farrell? <laughs> I've got to see him do it in a in an NFL uniform. And and that's that's what preseason means to me. And we've got only three preseason games this year if you if you throw out the Hall of Fame game. So we've got three per team uh, these guys will get a lot of play, and and that's when I want to see it. So right now I'm just I'm glossing over this player, and I'm going to some of the other guys uh, that you mentioned, Balky. But I've I, that's what preseason is for for me is to look at the running backs. I think the wide receivers I got a pretty good feel for based on their coaching and 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 the way that they the um, the the idea of why they joined the team and how they're going to be used. But at the running back position, uh, one team can say, you know what, we we want this player for a variety of reasons, and he'll probably get five or six touches, and that's a big, big role for us. But it's not a big, big role for fantasy football. I've got to understand what they want out of the player. Uh, That was from Trevor Holt, by the way, longtime. long time. Oh, how sweet it is. Yes, exactly. Um,
0: And with Trevor Holt's question, we will put a bow on this show Uh, Farrell, I want to thank you for uh, hanging out, answering some questions, spitting some knowledge here and hanging out with Josh Derm and myself. We will do this again next Friday at 10-9 central, man.
1: I'll see you then, Bucky. Thank you.
0: Farrell Elliott, the definitive commissioner of fantasy football. Remember to check out all the leagues at KFFSC.com. The run to daylight championship, just two leagues remain in that one live, one slow. And of course the draft masters going off there at KFFSC.com. Thanks to Josh Durham, thanks to Farrell Elliott, the FFPC, Rob Bryce, and, of course, each and every one of you. And thanks for filling that Football Guys Midnight Draft tonight, which I'll be commissioning here shortly uh, after we sign off on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. We are back, as I just pointed out, with Farrell at 10, 9 Central next week. Multiple Football Guys League winner. Glenn Pilopil will be on the show tonight, uh, beg your pardon, next Friday. Be very excited to to pick his brain, get his thoughts on a lot of the football guys drafts. He's done already this summer uh, to tell us about trends that he's seeing ADP, his views and so on and so forth on drafting this year as uh, most everybody is kind of, Leaning in to draft season as we're closer to July 1st than June 1st right now. So make sure you're jumping in right now. And we're giving you a lot of reasons to do so at the FFPC. The Football Guys Early Bird promo will be live for another 13 days. Make sure that you are registering for leagues by June 30th and drafting them by July 15th uh, to get a $35 team credit posted to your account. The uh, FFPC Best Ball Tournament continues to uh, get great uh, support on that. Drafts going off every day, mostly of the slow variety, but some live drafts in there every so often. So make sure you're checking that out, as well as the Superflex Best Ball Tournament $10,000 grand prize with just a $35 Uh, entry there. Uh, Dynasty startups are available uh, at myffpc.com. Plenty of slow, live, and -and sit-and-go best ball options all at myffpc.com. The last thing I do want to mention is we'll be having a special broadcast of the HSFF Hour, I believe this Wednesday, 1030, 930 Central. It'll be myself and our good buddy, Dave Tripoli, who uh, you know, uh, he's very active on Twitter. He will be drafting an FFPC uh, best ball tournament team that night. And uh, he'll give us his thoughts on what he's doing, his strategy, who he likes, who he doesn't like as the draft is unfolding. Uh, And I'll be there peppering him with questions, annoying him and generally distracting him from him trying to win $200,000 in that. So that is coming up wednesday 10 30 9 30 central remember to join the run to daylight championship and draftmasters at kffsc.com thanks so much for watching everybody your weekend officially starts now
2: this has been another episode of the high stakes fantasy football hour presented by my ffpc.com it was broadcast live and was watched around the world Balky and Farrell will be back next week with more analysis, more interviews, and more advice from guests much smarter than they are. Thanks for watching, and we'll talk with you again next week.
0: One other thing that I should bring up, um, and uh, happy Father's Day to all the dads who are playing in the FFPC, watching this video, listening to this podcast, and a special Happy Father's Day to my father, who actually introduced me to the NFL. Um, I actually, and I think I might have told this story on on the, on the this show before, but growing up in Northeast Wisconsin, I couldn't understand why anybody would ever root for the Green Bay Packers. Um, he, my father, and all of his buddies, year, week after week, they would talk about how terrible the team was, how worthless it was putting up with it and yet all they talked about all week was, you know, if they just do this or if they just do that, if we just get this guy, we just get this guy. There's a lot of losing in the 80s when I was growing up with the Packers. Uh, That started to turn around in the late 80s and early 90s, and I'm glad uh, he got to see uh, in his uh, uh, lifetime, as long as I've been alive with him, not one but two Super Bowl championships, which was very cool. He's the one who introduced me to the NFL. I'm eternally grateful for that and so much else. Happy Father's Day, Dad, and happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. We will talk with you at 1030, 930 Central on Wednesday. Thanks for watching, everybody.
3: With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
2: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time.
3: No, Lucky Land
2: Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky.
3: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for
2: details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Do you need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts.